0: Are we too complacent, too freaked out? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. In the co-pilot seat today, Thomas Thornton, founder of Hedge Fund Telemetry. Hi, Tommy. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm great. Nice to see you, Maggie.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a while since we've done the Daily Briefing, so I'm anxious to catch up on your thoughts and what you're doing. One thing I know is that this is the kind of environment that you thrive in and you've been on a tear lately because we've been watching. So I'm just curious about what you're thinking about the market action we're seeing now, because we had those two big days of rallies, two big rallies. Um, We saw stocks up, we saw oil up, a little bit of a pause today. And it looks like stocks, as you pointed out, as we were just coming to air, rolled over a little bit right at the end, but we had oil up. Um, How are you viewing this?
1: Well, now that you say that, I'm probably going to get a 10% drawdown. So you, I'm totally jinxed, um, which <laughs> is fine. Um, actually, uh, I, I've played this year, and I've talked about it very tactically. And I have I determined that we were moving towards a bear market uh, late last year. And lo and behold, in January, we started to fall apart. But we've had all these really pretty significant bounces that I've tried to exploit. And a lot of the work that I do can really add up and, you know, position myself. I get positioned uh, for those types of bounces and it's worked pretty well. I mean, oddly enough, I'm a bear and I've traded more long positions this year than shorts, um, which I I keep looking at my stats and just kind of wonder, you know, how did I do that or why we're in a bear market. So um, yeah, I think we're bouncing here. Um, It's, you know, we've had, you know, several very significant days uh, even today, we recovered from a 2% loss, I think. So that's pretty significant. And I think there's um, there's a lot of firepower. Uh, positioning is offsides. Uh, shorts, I think, pressed uh, recently. So you have the potential for some covering. And every indicator that I have basically was at deep, deep oversold readings. And historically, those tend to work.
0: Yeah. So when you say I, th- you know, it's curious that you you are because you do a lot of times when we talk in the past. You are really good at shorting. It's funny that you've been doing well off the long positions, but I maybe because we've seen in this bear market we have seen these sort of short term powerful rallies. For for a person with your background and you you know being nimble and really being able to optimize that short term strategy, those have been really great. I think for people who are sitting and maybe listening who kind of worried about their retirement, have that longer term view. God, it's been painful because everyone keeps looking like, is this the bottom? Is this the bottom? Because that's what we were trained to do. When you're talking about feeling bullish now, is it still in that very short term tactical point of view or or is it a little bit longer term?
1: Well, historically, you know, bear markets take quite a while to work out and this one has been a little different in the sense that we've had some really really big declines but we really haven't seen their earnings deteriorate as we've seen in the past so one of my i'm look i'm i'm i could change my mind uh tomorrow i'm very flexible but i do have concerns i do see the potential for some really horrific earnings Guidance cuts that just hit the tape and wham, you're Fedexed. Uh, it, it's really very possible for those things. You've got Putin who's talking nonsense with nuclear weapons, but you never know that something like that could just drop the bottom out. So I, I'm looking at this bounce. I'm going to probably reassess as we get closer to earnings. And look, I don't think the Fed's pivoting. A lot of people have thought, oh, the Fed's going to pivot. Australia, their central bank pivoted. I think the Fed, to be quite honest, I don't think they mind the market bouncing off the lows because I think it gives them cover to continue to raise rates. And look, if they raise 50 basis points or 75, I think 50 will probably get the market happy. They're doing it also in November right ahead of the election so you could have well you're going to have one party upset uh whatever the fed does so look i think that we've got earnings coming up we've got a lot of macro stuff the currencies are going nuts um they've calmed down a bit i still think the dollar could lift higher
2: um
1: i wouldn't call the top in rates so Mm. you know it's gonna take time
0: yeah um We had a lot of questions about that Fed pivot, so I'm glad you said that. Uh, And we we had Mary Daly out today saying we are resolute. I mean, every time a a Fed governor opens their mouth, they are trying. They are all messaging the same. Whether you believe they will be able to, you know, hold firm on that is another issue. But they are certainly trying to tell the markets that that's what they're going to do. Just a quick quick note for all of you: we have so many questions. I'm going to try to get to as many as we can. They are awesome. If you have a question or a comment. Uh, Head over to the chat on the YouTube page or tweet us using the hashtag AskRV or drop your questions in the comments. As we mentioned, and I'll keep reminding everyone, the live chat function on our website is temporarily unavailable as we upgrade. So head to one of those other spots, YouTube chat. Hashtag ask RV on Twitter or the comment section um, and get the questions in. We'll try to get to as many as we can. So Mark, uh, Macro Mojo has one, and that is what will you be watching to clue you in that this bear market bounce, this particular rally is over? What would turn you more bearish? I think you just mentioned earnings. Is that the main thing that you're going to be watching?
1: You know, I, look, we had- um... You know, last quarter, we had the better than feared earnings lift. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we get if we do go lower into earnings, let's just say this current bounce fails and it goes lower. I, I think that you're going to start to get a lot of stuff that gets priced in or enough priced in to where the market could lift after that. I mean, that's not a great um, answer to mark macro guru. I forget his name.
0: Macro the- Mojo. <laughs>
1: macro <laughs> Mojo. Straight. Okay. Well, I, I think I, I look at a lot of different indicators and I look at some you know shorter term indicator like time frame. So I look at a 60 minute time frame chart I use to mark indicators and that tactically has been awesome all year. So I'll be watching that. I'll post it in Twitter. So um, Macro Mojo, stay tuned.
0: Yeah. Next? And uh, Okurasin, uh asking, where are we in the DMARC indicator?
1: Well, we just had, uh, okay, there's a couple of, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there, but uh, we we just had um, one of the last week, uh, one of the largest amounts of DMARC by countdown 13s on the sequential and combo within the S&P, because I screen that every day. And We had just tons of them. And I like to look power and numbers and things. We didn't get them all perfect on all the indices. Uh, The S&P and the NASDAQ 100 did get the sequential 13. There was a risk of mm, continuation, but that I think has subsided. So I think that that was enough for me combined with market sentiment, which I used a daily sentiment index and it was at 5% bulls and that compares that's the lowest since March of 2020 lower than 7% in July or June so how's that is that good that, enough
0: that that's perfect um and that was for those who follow that we have another comment um asking about like how smaller traders can learn and use DMARC indicators if you don't have access to a bloomberg etc i'm going to i'm going to toss that one badanka Stanks. that's from i love these names um, i'm going to toss that one offline for a second we're going to follow up with you afterwards because tommy will have some thoughts about that S- some stuff frankly it you can't access unless you have a certain system but but there are other things and other ways you can look at it and understand it a little more, you can also go check out, there's a section on the academy, a whole section on the academy about understanding what that is on our website. So I'm gonna refer you to those two things and we'll pick up that conversation with you afterwards, but it is worth pointing out. So if you're not exactly following what Tommy's saying right now, don't get freaked out. Um, There, you know, we'll we'll walk you through it on the side. Don't get freaked
1: out, that's, yeah. Please. Don't get freaked out. Um, yeah, don't get actually, lost on in my because it can
0: I, sound technical, right, Tommy, if yeah, you don't it's follow very that. And
1: they're very complex um, indicators. Uh, I, I try to keep it very simple on my, with, with what I do on all the notes I put out. Um, I'll try and give people what to anticipate um, rather than just the signals. And you can also get it on, you can actually get it uh, through Tom Demark at demark.com. And there's actually a cheaper version that you can get. So that's yes. that.
0: There are ways. There are ways. Yes. There um, are ways. And thankfully, we have translators like Tommy to help us understand it. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing.
2: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Uh I want to um get a couple more specific questions
0: in. Um, and another one is about energy. We had Tony, you know Tony well, Tony Greer on yesterday talking about his thoughts about that. Taylor. Nicholas is asking, "Do you see energy stocks XOM, XLE, PSX getting a pullback to add exposure? How are you thinking about the energy sector, Tommy?"
1: I well, I'm. I I bought so I bought XLE, um, APA, and Exxon uh, last week, and they've you know had an amazing uh, run so far. Yeah, I think there there's a potential for these to pull back. I do think that energy's starting to look. A lot better. Uh, you had the OPEC meeting today. They cut two, two million barrels. Uh, big draw today. I still think that there's upside in energy. And I've been s- somewhat negative on energy um, from, I think it was around April. I started to think that we were going to top and pull back. But now I'm starting to get a little bit more constructive.
0: Mm. Is that also just because of the, the pullback we've seen? I mean, you know, the, the retracement we've seen that you like the levels here?
1: Yeah, they didn't. A lot of the energy names didn't pull back as far as a lot of other places in the market. A lot of places um, made new lows, but energy didn't uh, on my charts. So that was part of it. I thought, okay, if they can hold these levels that they were last week, um, we we had the potential. I mean, there's a little bit more to it, but I I I really um, I, I started adding some exposure.
0: Okay, so we're talking energy equities, different from those who are thinking about the commodity itself. I
1: think the commodity could could continue as well. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that uh, are, you know, that I'm not. Tony Greer is better for this. I, let's just go next. Tell <laughs> <Okay>. Tony.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't want
1: to get into this.
0: So, um, so let's so let's talk about something that you have a very long track record with, uh, and that is Tesla. So oh. we've seen, yeah, we've seen a lot of action here including you know he Elon's back to buying Twitter um, we've seen some moving in the stock what, what are you thinking about for Tesla?
1: I'm just looking at the price here now, they came off the lows today which i I guess everything did but uh, I think the stock's in trouble here and I do have a downside to mark countdown. it's on day three of 13. Now, that doesn't have to go in exact order, but I think it has the potential to trade down towards, let's say, near 200. I think they have a demand issue. I think their excuse for saying that they couldn't deliver cars because they couldn't get carriers uh, is a newfangled way of trying to hide the fact that I think that buying a $68,000 car in a difficult environment with the economy, with rates higher, which makes it harder to buy cars, any car. I think that's um, I think they're they're running into a demand problem. And they're opening two new factories right ahead of a recession. So I, I think that's just a um really poorly timed thing. The Twitter thing, I you know, I think he settled on this because he knows that if he was deposed, and I think this case was just going so south for him that he had to just figure something out. And he caved. I think there's probably risk that um, he could have to sell more shares to get this done. That's that's just me, you know, guessing here. But I think that it's also, I think he's going to be um, occupied um, going forward with running Twitter, Tesla, SpaceX, you know.
0: Project X, the, the everything yeah. app that he said he's going to.
1: yeah. It's it's going to look like WhatsApp. Will accelerate, it's going right? to do everything. It's going to do your laundry. I mean, it's great.
0: We, Oliver uh, must have anticipated that question because he said, "I know you're a huge fan of Elon. Are you going to pre-order one of the Tesla robots to assist with your trading?"
1: Yeah, I'm. I I already ordered one. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting by the by my door here for it to be delivered.
0: <laughs> you know, there's um, a lot of
1: things that never. Will come to fruition. I mean, he, they should have just bought Boston Dynamics. I mean, they're, that robot company is well in, in advance uh, beyond what they're trying to do. And I, no, it's just nonsense.
0: Um- So I want to broaden it out a little bit from here because we are getting some also some questions that I think are kind of related to the risk and circle back to our question at the top. Are we too complacent or or should we be freaking out more? Are we too worried? I mean, it seems like there's like different camps Um, and, and, you know, we've been talking to people who have very divergent views here on the Daily Briefing. Mick, my, Michael Nicoletti and Michael Cow sat down recently to discuss mm. this very issue in another uh, interview that aired on the platform. Let's ha- listen to a little clip of what they had to say.
3: The question is: Do you have a recession? Do you have a depression? Do things break in the meantime, or you just have, because the four percent as a standalone, I don't think makes anything. You, you, you I, 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 I think, I think something breaks. Okay, I don't know what that is. In my view. Most likely it's private markets, not public markets, because through the last 10 years, private markets have grown uh, much more Mm -hmm. and valuations there have gone to ridiculous Mm -hmm. levels. So I think Mm -hmm. the private market will be the issue here. Okay, obviously, if the private market gets hit. But it's okay. There's no mark to market. Who cares? I'm just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty just sure kidding. someone who's redeeming will give up. We'll think about it. But anyway. But yeah, I'm pretty sure you've come you've come across all these all these narratives which say private markets are more efficient to allocate capital. We should put more money in private equity or private Okay. Again, like everything, something breaks. I I, I my feeling is we get the break there, not in the public markets. Probably we're going to get a correction there, but I don't think you're going to see something like Enron, like Lehman or something. It it won't be, you know, I, I like to say that one day I'll get the Wall Street Journal and the cover will scare me so badly. I don't think it will be a public market company going bust that will scare me. It's going to be something else.
0: And that entire interview is available on our website, part of our Make or Break series. Um, Tommy, that was a really interesting take, you know, that maybe because we this is the worry that we're going to have something blow up and it's going to have this contagion effect. Um, We have a bunch of questions in regard to that coming through from viewers. Um, You know, JC asking, can you talk about overall liquidity and equities in the bond market? We have uh, VMAX Pax asking our BlackRock. This is are BlackRock and Vanguard at risk? IMF concerns about open-ended funds in illiquid assets and stopping people from redemptions. This seems like a real concern. There just seems to be that sort of you know idea that something big is going to blow up and it's going to take the whole system down. Michael and Michael suggesting, yeah, something might break, but it'll be in the private credit markets, right? In the sort of venture capital world. What are you seeing? Are there strains in the system that we need to be worried about?
1: Well, yeah, we should always be worried about a lot of liquidity problems because, you know, there's so much in some of these ETFs and these esoteric ETFs, a lot of credit ETFs as well that just you're not going to be able to get yourself. uh, The uh, BlackRock or Vanguard aren't going to be able to get themselves out of these positions. It's not like flipping out of Apple and S&P 500 names. It's just that's easy. So, yeah, I think there's liquidity problems out there. I haven't seen you know, real, real panicky type action. I haven't seen a capitulation in the markets yet. Uh, a little bit last week, not enough, uh, where, where people are really scared. And I've been through a few of them where you are, you, you're really frightened. And even if you're short, you're you're like, oh my God, you're worried about what's happening to the world. So I haven't really seen that. Uh, I think the Fed you know, the people keep thinking, well, the Fed will just come in and, you know, announce something or do what, you know, the Bank of England did. That's possible. I, we'll see if that happens. But for the most part, everything's been ra- rather or uh, orderly. Um, so nothing dangerous yet. We have not seen companies, you know, blow up and go out of business yet either. So there's,
0: you know, there's
1: that. Stay tuned.
0: Yeah, I think that's what makes people nervous is that we should the VIX be trading where it's trading. Does it seem accurate, given the fact that, you know, there are these we're in this and we're seeing currencies move. We're seeing, you know, rates move in markets that are supposed to be pretty stable and slow moving. I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, really rapid moves and some pretty crazy headlines on Twitter like this is the first time I've ever seen this happen. People have been in the business for years like you. Should we be sitting at this level on the VIX?
1: That's a great question. And I, I think it should, I think the VIX will probably go higher. Um, it's hard to get the VIX to, you know, continuously move. Um, I think there, I don't think people are necessarily hedging, uh, as much as they, I don't think people, I don't think, first of all, I don't think the hedge funds are as exposed, uh, with being very low exposure as they have been the fund managers. Um, there are a couple of different surveys that show that, uh, Long-only fund managers are—they have very low exposure as well, so maybe that's part of it. I'm just throwing that out there. There's better mm-hmm. people that trade the VIX all day, uh, but I, yeah, if you know if things start to get panicky, and maybe things haven't been panicky enough. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that's just the the basic question that I can yeah. answer with. It's not panicky enough.
0: Yeah, John is asking what sector industry has the most asymmetry in the coming weeks kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh technology. That what do you think what are you thinking about technology a, right now? Well, that's not necessarily that's a divergent view because first of all, I'm, I'm short XLK but I bought semiconductors today. I'm long Intel. I you know, I'm sort of I'm I've been short AMD for a while. Um but I think that some of those could surprise on the upside. It's not a high conviction type uh, call, but I think that that probably has the asymmetric type risk to the
0: upside. Mm, Interesting. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing.
2: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Uh, did you say
0: earlier that you don't think we've seen the peak in rates yet in yields?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Look, if the Fed keeps going, and let's say the Fed just they 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 don't get inflation under control. And look, here we have two big catalysts: Friday's employment data, which I'm I'm going to be on a plane panicking over uh, what's happening, and then uh, next week's CPI. And the core CPI is what everybody's been watching next, food and energy. And if that stays real sticky and elevated you know, I think the Fed, I think people are going to get very nervous and the Fed's going to go 75. And, you know, the, I I think that'll probably cause some, some real sell-off, but I think the upside on the, um, jobs number, I think it's, I think we could come in a little lighter and I, I struggle to say that, but the claims numbers have been, because the claims numbers have been so low. Mm. Um, but I think that the unemployment rate's going to tick up a little bit was, I mean, it's, I mean, they're they're forecasting. Um, I don't know. The, the, I hate the non-form payroll. I like the unemployment rate. Um, it's a different survey, so I'll stick with that. So yeah. those are my little concerns.
0: We're we're gonna do um I'm um, we're gonna do some sort of deep dives and in interviews on the labor market because it's been really confusing to sort of figure out the signals and you know is it accurate what part of it should you be watching is it really catching what's going on in the economy i feel like everybody kind of feels like there's stuff going on that's not really being captured by the data maybe it just lags maybe there's a fundamental change so that is a question that we've been thinking about hard and we're going to try to talk to some experts yeah i think that that. i
1: think the data does lag Mm. and i think that i mean and look i hopefully will be tactically bearish at that time when uh it starts to matter, and companies start to really show, you know, difficulty, and layoffs start happening. I think that's going to be, um, you know, it's a lag effect, and I think that if the Fed keeps going, um, it's just gonna, it's going to take a lot longer um, for the Fed to be able to turn that around. Um, but you know let's see where let's see how far down we go i mean my my deepest down move on the s&p is just under 3000 that's my worst case scenario mm. I'm not sure we're going to get that this month um some people would like it but again i think the fed would rather have the market a little higher they're not telling you that but they'll have more cover to raise rates
0: it's so, it's so it's so uh it's so interesting to to hear this perspective i'm sort of when you're looking at this Tommy, I mean, in this environment are you picking individual names or or are you doing broad indices as well like you know which do you feel like you have a better handle on in this kind of environment
1: i do both and i, I try to find individual names and I, I i tend to if i'm buying something i tend to find sort of my secret sauce as i look for something that's been down significantly um has to buy signals um and then perhaps has Already started to turn a little higher. I like to I like to look for a four day high, um, and that's that's generally what I, I've been looking for. And I, I I try to buy, and I recommend this super high quality type companies that you can live with if the world fell apart. I think there's a really good opportunity when markets go down to upgrade your quality. I'm not buying some of the garbage names out there. I'm not buying Carvana because it's been cut in half or it's down 90%. That's just not me. I'm buying, you know, I'll buy a Visa. I'll buy, you know, an Intel that pays five and a half percent down here. The government's paying them to build factories. Uh Yeah, I, I'm going to upgrade my quality and I keep my size really, really low. By doing that, I can absorb a little volatility. Um, So I'm not like, you know, just on the razor's edge.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's great advice all the time, but especially in an environment like this. Do you have to have a view on, and when I say you, I mean you, as opposed to, you know, other people have different strategies. Do you have to have a view on whether we what the slowdown is going to look like, whether we have a soft landing, whether we're in a deep recession? Does that matter to the way you're navigating right now? Or because you're saying staying sort of short and tactical, it doesn't really matter. It's much more dictated by price action and levels.
1: Yeah, that's I'm I'm more dictated by price levels and the indicators that I use. I do think we're gonna go into recession. I think the recession could be really, you know. Destructive and and bad. There there's not a soft landing type recession that I I see. Um, I've been through some. I've seen recessions. They're not easy. People lose their jobs. It's you know businesses close. It's 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 terrible. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm more in the Stan Miller. This could be a lot worse than people think.
0: We have a great question from uh, Maze One Hundred. Um, QT. Are they actually doing it? Um, it's You know, oh. this was all the talk and, and just because of the amount of headlines we've got to navigate every day, it's kind of fallen and the Fed pivot and, you know, they come out and they're constantly talking about that. It's kind of fallen a little bit on the back burner. How closely <laughs> are you watching that?
1: Well, I'm not the, I mean, I have a, a couple people that I chat with all day that are, you know, real close watching what the treasury balances are. I'm not talking about the Fed. I'm talking about what the Treasury's doing. So they could be injecting money into certain places in the markets through banks and uh, trying to help things and it sort of uh happens on wednesdays a lot too which is sort of interesting uh and fed days um you see a lot of money that goes into into the you know into the fed meeting and then you know let the market go from there Mm -hmm. so i don't know maybe the treasury is doing something janet yellen i think is going to be replaced um i don't think she's done Absolutely, uh, anything positive as Treasury Secretary. So she's gone.
0: Uh, I like the personnel, the personnel call as well as QT. I love yeah, it. there um, you go. I
1: get two for one.
0: That's again. <laughs> right.
1: Is Janet <laughs> gonna leave? Yes, she's gone.
0: Yeah, she's gone. Um, Paul E, we're gonna re-rack that when that this this uh, <laughs> comment when it happens. Uh, Paul E uh, from the RV side asking: It was reported that Druckenmiller sold his entire Amazon position, and that Soros actually bought more Amazon. Any comments?
1: You know, I, I w- it wouldn't surprise me that. Um, I mean, I don't think they're they're you know it's not like George Soros is you know there it's Don uh, Fitzpatrick now running uh, Soros and she's really really sharp I'm big fan I'm a big fan of Stan as well so yeah maybe Stan sold his his Amazon as it's, it's come down a lot I don't think he sold it on the lows I think Stan was probably pretty aggressive and got out of it earlier. Uh, he's a guy that likes to stick with, you know, those types of companies. He was long Google and others, and um, you know, we'll see where where he, you know, winds out on things. I I really haven't been following what Stan's what he's been doing, uh, as far as his positions. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And Don Fitzpatrick could have bought Amazon down. You know, it it blew up and then it rallied up. I mean, it's everything changes so fast
0: especially in this environment. So it's 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 so in, this has been such an interesting conversation for me because as I said a lot of times you're right you we tend to think I don't think of you as a bear I just think of you as like a very very smart tactical short um who sees a lot of opportunities and takes them. So you're talking to us now and my takeaway from this is that you are bullish, maybe tactically bullish, short-term bullish, because you're seeing price action and the technicals that tell you that this bear market bounce has a little bit more legs to it. But longer term or medium term, maybe I should say, I still hear worry and concern. It sounds like you're probably adjusting your risk for that because there's a lot of wild cards that nobody can predict, especially when they're on the geopolitical front. Is that a fair assessment of where you stand right now? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an opportunist. Um, I'm a perma opportunist. I'm looking for ideas that work on the long and short side as long as they can. And I don't, you know, hold a grudge if people are bearish and they say, uh, Tom's this, he's well off on this one. It's market's going to go lower. It might. And I probably will be short again. Um, it's kind of what I do, but right now I think there's a lot of stuff that I've looked at that said, you know, in the 30, you know, was under 3,600, that yeah, you can you can buy this, you can buy it right here. It's a little bit extended. I mean, we hit 3,800 today and backed off, and um, yeah, I didn't think the market was going to get up, you know, rebound as much as it did. But I think there's um, there's fuel. There's shorts that are that are off. They're going to be offsides. And then there's a uh, positioning. So if we, the longer we go, it's gonna cause more FOMO and people are gonna have to chase. And um, I'm happy I got in at pretty good levels on the majority of my things. And, you know, let's ride it out and let's see. And then I'll I'll be back on and you'll say, so you're bearish now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. am. So it's, uh, you just have to be very uh, flexible in this market and, be, you know, don't beat yourself up if you're wrong at times, keep your size small uh, afford some wider stops. And if you're wrong, you're wrong, move on.
0: Yeah. Um, that's and it. And make sure you're, make sure you're, your point about owning value, make sure you can live with what you own. Right. Um, because yeah, that, I mean, I've got a couple in there
1: that, in, that I can look at and say,
0: mm, you know, I can,
1: maybe not, but it, there's some in there that I think I, I expect to move, uh, if the market moves and they're oversold and they have the indicators that I want. And, uh, it's, you know, i got a rabbit's foot I'm holding and, you know, we'll see where we go.
0: <laughs> we, we should send some out to the to, to the first ones that contact us. I love that. We could all use a rabbit's foot right now. Great stuff, Tommy. It was so good to to have you on uh, and get to do the show with you again. Um, and for all the good ideas that you just offered. And as always, good advice because um you've been killing it this year, but you've been, um you know, you have an awful lot of experience, which I think really matters in an environment like this. So appreciate it.
1: Well, no, thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, again, I'm jinxed here. I'm gonna no. I got a ten percent drawdown.
0: Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. No, no, no. Okay, we won't say anything more about about your performance so far. Um, but thanks, thanks a lot, Tommy. And again, like you know, any questions, we can follow up um, with you on Twitter or in the comments. We'll be back same time tomorrow. With Diego Paraya. In the meantime, take care and good luck out there.